The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. And because so many young people have stopped going to church because they're so offended by the politics their preachers have brought in during the age of Trump. It is the antithesis. Trumpism is the antithesis of what Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount and Matthew. Because they do see Donald Trump, I believe, for who he is. They do see fascism. They are- and then they've got a guy they're all supporting who talks about vermin. Who uses fascist language to win votes? You talked about how people get just overwhelmed and confused. I'm not sorry to say that's exactly what the fascists did. They're running on fascism in many cases. You have to start to tell the story of democracy versus fascism, which is where the stakes will be next year. Justice Department, they've weaponized the FBI. And they've come at me with the worst indictments. Nobody's ever done this before in this country. This is for third world countries. This is for banana republics. When that happens to me, it can happen to them. The rhetoric sounds pretty authoritarian to me, thankfully. Well, I mean, once again, it's an effort by Trump to try and distract the authoritarian strongman, which is what he is. And that same interview that he did that you just played, Alicia, which was very reminiscent of the dear leader type interviews one is accustomed to seeing in Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, Russia. Donald Trump talked about creating concentration style camps to round up the undocumented immigrants in this country and getting rid of them. He can open transparent Nazi style language. Tara, the much discussed New York Times Siena swing state polls last week showed Donald Trump the authoritarian leading Joe Biden the incumbent in many key battlegrounds. I have to ask, is this because, in your view, voters are not aware of Trump's authoritarianism? Or is it that a lot of them are quite keen on it? President Biden met with Chinese President Xi Jinping in California yesterday, their first time in a room together in more than a year. Now, moments later, President Biden was asked if he still believes that President Xi is a dictator. And Biden was blunt, saying, yes, he is, that he is the leader of a communist country. That is not sitting too well with the Chinese this morning. But there was a setback afterward when President Biden made a comment about President Xi. But that setback you mentioned happened when the president was speaking off the cuff reiterating his belief that she is a dictator. How damaging, if you can put it in context, was this dictator comment? But we heard Chinese officials reacting to the dictator co- uh, comment, saying it's extremely wrong and irresponsible. Didn't that sort of, I don't want to say negate the goodwill that we made yesterday, but doesn't that put a little bit of, tainted sure. just a little bit? Any concern that comment from the president is going to undo any progress you made? No, no concern at all. There's your regime media wondering aloud if it was wise, if it was wise for the fake president to refer to President Xi, the leader of China, the communist state of China, whether it was wise to refer to him as a dictator. (laughs) But Trump, Trump, he used the word vermin. (laughs) You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily We appreciate you joining us on this final show of the week. Can't believe it's Friday yet again. You can get to the live video stream of this show at TrumpetDaily.com and also 
at our Rumble channel. Just go to rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily and join the conversation there. Make sure that you leave us the thumbs up. And of course, you can share the video. Uh, I think if you have an account on Rumble, you can share it with uh, friends. So be sure to do that and spread the message. Lots and lots to get to on today's show. Uh, blotting out October 7. It's, it's hard to believe that that's actually a thing, but it's happening. It's happening, and uh, we're going to do our best to keep telling the story because there's lots of people taking to the streets even today that, uh, that don't believe it. They don't believe that there are Hamas barbarians that love to kill Jewish babies and rape Jewish women. They just cannot believe that. There's also uh, some leftovers from our study on uh, human nature the other day. Uh, we'll get into that uh, later on in the show. We've got uh, this week's segment for uh, World Watch. And then also we've had quite a few emails that have been stacking up as well. We'll see how much we can uh, get to. But back to the regime media. Notice in that opening montage there, notice how they're far easier, far softer on, uh, on President Xi than they are on Donald Trump. That, that tells you right there, that tells you everything that you need to know. I mean, President Xi, he, he actually has concentration camps. He actually does restrict travel on ordinary citizens in China. They have, they have a social credit system over there. It's a communist state, state top to bottom. It's also, by the way, the state that unleashed the COVID virus on the whole world. And yet look at how the Western media, right here in the United States, they cover for him. They were quite happy with the, the progress that we made with Xi and China when we rolled out the red carpet for him. But get him on the subject of, uh, of Donald Trump. I mean, it's just a given. A dictator, an authoritarian. Uh, how do they not know he's an authoritarian? Maybe because they like authoritarian. That's uh, what one of them said. As I say, it tells you everything that you need to know, just to follow on a little more with what Joe Scarborough, he was in the cold open as well. But this clip here, he's responding to Mike Johnson. I guess the media dug up some, uh, some video interview of Johnson before he became Speaker of the House. And I mean, he was talking about uh, God's judgment on America and how this country is in decline. And, and uh, I don't know if he used the word sin in particular, but he referred to a lot of the sins of the United States and the talking heads in the media. They don't like that. They don't like that message. This was uh, Joe Scarborough's response, clip one. Why do Republicans hate America so much? I, I, I'm an evangelical. I believe... Mm -hmm. You know, what the gospels say. Right. I believe what the Sermon on the Mount says. I believe in Jesus. We're all sinners. We're all fallen, right? Yep. But I'm very optimistic about America's future. Uh, not so long ago, uh, teenage pregnancy at an all-time low in America. That's something that we always heard about, you know, the Southern Baptist Church growing up. Child poverty over the past year mm -hmm. at like a 50, 60 year low. Like our economy doing well, a lot of things going in the right direction. If he's worried about pews emptying out, 
talk to young people. And so many will tell you, and Russell Moore's talked about this with Christianity Today, they're emptying out because they don't want to go to a church where preachers worship Donald Trump instead of Jesus Christ. (laughs) So there you go. Joe, preaching like a preacher and uh, saying that attendance is down at church because of, wait for it, Trump! So add that to a never-ending list of everything Donald Trump is to blame for. People don't go to church because of Trump. Okay, got it. This is crazy. And then G, I don't know if it was wise of, uh, of Joe Biden to call him a dictator. It was going so well until he made that comment. Mara Gay, she's... Uh, I probably wouldn't have played this were it not for the fact that she's at the New York Times, this woman. Listen to what she says about all of the freedoms that Trump Trump has been out of office. I have to make this point again. He has been out of office. He's been away from the White House for almost three years. And yet listen to what she says about the freedoms that Donald Trump has taken away from her goddaughter, I guess. This is clip four. Well, it turns out that Americans aren't as cynical as the rest of us, at least a majority of them. And that is why they're voting, because they do see Donald Trump, I believe, for who he is. They do see fascism. They are concerned about it. They want to have a better future for their children. My goddaughter is six years old and has fewer rights than I had 30 years ago. Six years old, I guess. So she's, what, had three years during Biden uh, and, and Obama. And then three years, the tail end of uh, Donald Trump's presidency. How? I mean, how did Trump take away her freedoms? She has fewer freedoms than, than this woman? So there's never an explanation. They just hurl out all of these pejoratives when it comes to a tr- who's an American, grew up in America, made a lot of money for a lot of people in America, changed the skyline in New York City and other places. They, they favor G more than Donald Trump. Tells you everything that you need to know. Last night we heard about the, uh, the Biden documents. You know, all the classified documents that he's been uh, just helping himself to. Taking him to his house in Rehoboth. Taking him to the Penn Biden Center in Chinatown. Uh, I forget which city. Isn't that D.C.? Uh, just taking him all over the place. Had him in his garage next to the Corvette has been doing it since 1974. And uh, we learned from the Washington, uh, what is it, the Wall Street Journal and CNN last night that uh, they're not going to press any charges. There's not going to be a documents case uh, against Biden like there is with Trump. Now, with Trump, there's 40 counts. 40 counts. He's going to be going to prison. If he's guilty or found guilty on all of these, he's going to be going to prison for hundreds of years And he actually, as a former president, had the right to take a lot of those documents and was working with the archives and was working with the the DOJ on what he could keep and what he couldn't keep. He was returning boxes. He was inviting the FBI into Mar-a-Lago. But but just wait, you'll see how he'll get a he'll get a tongue lashing through some kind of report, probably released around Christmas so that no one watches it or, or reads it. And then they'll talk about cooperation. That's the big difference. 
Biden and his people, you see, they cooperated with the feds. Donald Trump didn't. This is from CNN. It says special counsel Robert Hur is not expected to charge anyone, anyone, not even, not even the advisors that were moving the boxes around before they went and investigated it, the feds, that is. Yeah, they, they tipped off Biden, remember? And they said, look, we've got to come and, and investigate. And so Biden's helpers, they had time to move things around. None of them are going to be charged either. Everybody skates away free. In the case of mishandling of classified documents at two locations connected to President Joe Biden, two sources close to the investigation told CNN, her and his team are compiling a detailed report on their year-long probe that is expected to be critical of Biden and his staff for the way they handled sensitive materials. The report's expected to go into significant detail about what the special counsel's office found in its investigation. But no indictments, no charges, no felony counts, nothing, nothing like that. And he was never, I mean, these were classified documents he collected before he became the fake president. He was doing it while he was a senator. Listen to him explain uh, these documents and, and how far, he thinks in this next comment, he thinks that this will tell you that there's nothing really to worry about or to see here. Clip three. I made voluntarily, no one's had to threaten to do anything. Voluntarily open every single aperture I have with house, offices, everything for them to come and look and spend hours searching my home, invited them. Nobody, and so, and the best of my knowledge, the kinds of things they picked up were things that from 1974 and stray papers. There may be something else I don't know. From 1974? How long had this been going on? He's, he mentions that as if, well, it's from 74, it's so old, who cares about it? You took, you took papers out of the skiff in 1974? That's illegal, straight up. Straight up, you can't do it as a senator. You can't do it as a vice president. He did it for decades. This, this is worse than anything. Do Donald Trump didn't even do anything. But this is, on every level, it's worse than Donald Trump. Let's just play along and assume that, okay, Trump shouldn't have had those, those, uh, those documents. At Mar-a-Lago, where they were locked, where, were the, where they were in a secure location where Secret Service was situated, let's just assume, okay, he wasn't supposed to have them as a former president. Still, still, and then to think about the, the level of cooperation he, like Sam and I have said <laughs> through, throughout this past year, the, the problem was the Trump people cooperated too much. Just letting the FBI come in and out and in and out because they set them up. That's the way they operate. They're just like the regime media. Go soft on President Xi, the actual communist, and then lower the boom on Donald Trump. Lower the boom on the bad orange man. That's uh, Joe Obama's objective. They go after political opponents more than they go after communists, criminals, thugs, drug dealers, uh, the cartels, you name it. Donald Trump worked with the archives, the National Archives, for months when he, when he left office there in 2001. He turned over 15 boxes in January of 2002. He invited the DOJ in in June of 2022, that summer. 
they gave the recommendations, remember, well, let's get another lock here and so on. Donald Trump's fine, let's do that. He has security cameras all over the place. As I say, the Secret Service is on the grounds. And then they raided Mar-a-Lago. August, what was it, August 2022? And then in comes Jack Smith. And I mean, his team, massive compared to her. I mean, her just, you know, a couple, we'll, we'll give them a few investigators and then we'll look into it for a few months and then it's, uh, you know, case closed. We'll give Biden a little bit of rebuke in the form of a report during the, the winter holidays of 2023. How about that? Yet another slap on the wrist at this apex summit, the one where Biden uh, did acknowledge that Xi was uh, a dictator, and that really kind of rankled the, the regime media. Why, why'd you have to say that? He was not looking so good, though, through much of this summit. This is from the New York Post. It says, President Biden appeared confused as he took the stage with other world leaders at APEC Thursday after botching uh, the name of the venue and refusing to mention a U.S. corporation for fear of mispronouncing it. And then there was the, the, I guess, the footage where he was, again, nodding off. It's just not a good look. And, but like I said yesterday, I mean, it was a fantastic look for Xi. That's why the, the press here in America, that's why they were so upset with the dictator comment. Because, look, we were, everything was going great. I mean, Xi and, and China were looking fantastic. Why'd you have to go and ruin it? play uh, this clip. I'm not sure if this is still from APEC or something that followed, but this is Joe Biden announcing how much more money he's going to spend to atone for the U.S.'s uh, sins when it comes to climate change. This is clip two. You know, the impacts of climate change are being felt the most by those countries that contribute the least to the problem, including developing countries. We contributed a lot here in the United States over the last 300 years. That's why I'm working with our Congress to dramatically increase international climate financing. He says, I listened to the rest of the clip when he got into the numbers, talked about $100 billion going toward this. <laughs> but, he, but before that, I guess I wanted to emphasize in particular the, the contribution America has made in a negative or bad way to climate change over the past 300 years, three centuries, I guess, since before America was even established as a, as a nation. And it's either 25 to $100 billion that we're putting toward this. And this, even as we recently crossed this threshold of paying more than a trillion dollars per year on interest payments alone, interest on the debt, this is from Business Insider. The estimated annualized interest payments on the U.S. government debt pile topped $1 trillion at the end of October. $1 trillion. I think we spent something like $700 billion on defense. So this is the top item on the budget. Got to pay those interest payments. These are bone-crushing interest payments we're talking about here. America, as... As Mike Johnson said in whatever interview that was from a month or two ago, you, you begin to wonder if God is about to, to intervene and punish us. Look at what we've done to ourselves. Look at what we continue to do to ourselves. This story, just to transition over to 
October 7, blotting out October 7. How, how, we're not even two months beyond it, and already they're trying to revise the history. And there are plenty of takers out there that prefer the false narrative. As long as it can make Jews look bad. I mean, this is really exposing so many evil forces in this world. What has happened since October 7? October 7 was horrific in and of itself. Spiked online. This guy talks about bumping into a couple of people in London, I think it was, that came back from one of the uh, protests in support of Hamas. And he had an exchange with these, uh, these two young people. It says here, when I asked them how they could uh, attend such a protest after the atrocities of October 7, one of them countered with, how do you know that October 7 even happened? How do you know it's even real? This is at Spiked Online. It says it soon became clear that these students believed the October 7 pogrom had probably been made up by the Israeli government. These students are by no means the only ones to have become October 7 denialists. Most anti-Israel conspiracy theories do acknowledge that something occurred on October 7, but they assert that the death toll was far lower than the one claimed by Israel. And then he goes on and says, and the beheadings didn't happen, the raping didn't happen, they just went after soldiers, it's a war, that's it. So they just dismiss all of the atrocities, the, the murder, the maiming, the raping. Jake Tapper, I believe his family is Jewish, so he's actually had some fairly good reporting on what actually happened October 7. This next clip, it's pretty graphic, not, not in what you see, but in what's described. So just be forewarned in case there's any little ones watching the, the program with you. But this goes for about two minutes, and this is basically, this is Tapper responding to this conspiracy theory that, that it wasn't really as bad as Israel says that it was. Clip five. Israeli police say the bodies at Shura, one of a handful of sites where dead bodies are brought for identification, show trauma consistent with rape and assault. Morgue workers say these women did not die peaceful deaths. Some of the women came in just with underwear, and the underwear was often bloody. They just Some of them had underwear on that was very bloody. And it, that was very difficult to see also. We also saw most of the people, the women, were, were shot at least once in the body, but then they were shot in the head. And they were shot in the head many times. And it often seemed to be gratuitous cruelty, abject cruelty, because it was seemed to have been done just to mutilate them. The women we saw were not just killed. They were cruelly, cruelly mutilated in many parts of their bodies. Women's groups say the humiliation women experienced as they were paraded through the street, thrown on the backs of motorcycles and degraded either before or after they were killed at the festival, that also constitutes gender-based violence. Here's what one Nova Festival organizer told us that he saw. What we found in the area, on the field, outside the safe zone there is not a doubt about what uh, our uh, girls uh, went through the terrorists we found 
naked women stripped out without any clothes, their legs were spread out, and uh, some of them were, were butchered. Israeli police acknowledge that the investigation is likely to take months. Tuesday, police held a press briefing in which one witness said she saw a gang rape. Quote, they bent someone over, and I understood he was raping her. And then he was passing her on to someone else. She was alive. She stood on her feet, and she was bleeding from her back. I saw that he was pulling her hair. She had long brown hair. I saw him chop off her breast. And then he was throwing it toward the road, tossed it to someone else, and they started playing with it. I remember seeing another person raping her. And while he was still inside her, he shot her in the head. There's a growing number of people that believe this didn't happen, that none of this happened. This spiked online piece, it's, it refers to this imam in Washington, D.C., who has attempted to relieve Hamas of any responsibility for the atrocities committed on October 7. In one video, he can be seen telling his congregation, preaching this to his congregation, I'm shown video clips, and then I'm also told that they're beheading babies. I'm also told that they're raping women. And when I go and I investigate these specific reports, I find out that they're all lies. He says this to his congregation. They're all lies. The author here says, how can we combat this denialist narrative? There is little doubt that it has gained traction in the West, particularly among the young. Some supporters of Israel urge the Israeli government to release the footage of the horrible crimes committed. Well, the Israeli government has done that in Israel and in D.C. To, to journalists, out of respect for the families, they haven't just you know, put it out there for the whole world to see. They're not like Hamas. Hamas did do that. They were all over Arab sites. <laughs> they were, as I say, they were wearing the, go the GoPros, taking pictures, filming it, calling their parents, bragging about what they were doing. And through it all, Alawa Akbar, the battle cry, says in the e immediate aftermath of the pogrom, Hamas itself went to great lengths to boast about its deeds, its evil deeds. Most of the footage of October 7 of young women being humiliated or of civilians being shot dead came from Hamas's own men. The footage comes from Hamas. And yet you've got an imam in D.C. saying it never happened. They're all lies. And then where are the human rights and the women's rights organizations that, as we've seen, even in recent years, were screaming about maybe one incident where someone inappropriately touched a woman? I'm not saying that's right. But what about this? Listen to Jake Tapper as he concluded this segment, clip six. Another shocking part of all of this to these women and investigators, the absence of international outrage, including a United Nations statement a week after these terrorist attacks that did not mention these accusations at all. As if the rape of Israeli women does not count as rape. It's much worse than just uh, silence or an insult uh, to us as Israeli women and to, to our children and to our people. It's uh, when, when they are 
failing to acknowledge us, to acknowledge what happened here. They, they are failing humanity. Why would it be that the international community and the United Nations would be silent about these crimes? They seem to be vocal about so much else. The, the, he's certainly right about that. He's wrong about a lot of things, but th he's right on this segment. They're vocal about everything else, so many other things, but their silence here tells you everything you need to know. This is from the New York Sun. It says, the UN Women and the United Nations Leading Organization for Protection of Women's Rights internationally issued its first statement on the Hamas tax on October 13th. So it took them quite a few days. You know about this. It took Biden two days. It took Obama three days. It takes the UN Women's Rights branch. It takes them five days, I guess. There's no mention of Hamas in the statement. There's no mention of sexual violence. The majority of the, t of the text is devoted to the dire situation in Gaza. It's unbelievable. Notice this. It's the same uh, piece. Within a month following the Russian invasion of Ukraine, UN women, this branch, expressed grave concern over evidence of rapes and other conflict-related uh, sexual violence and called for an investigation into these allegations. As soon as Russia goes in, I mean, you know it. You know raping is going on. I mean, these UN watch groups, everybody's on. They're there. They're calling for investigations. But here, it's on, it's on film. Now you've got eyewitnesses. You've got survivors coming forward to tell the story of what they did to these women like that uh, commentator said this is the this is the one war Hamas can win the propaganda war because they've got the regime media on their side there's a few rare exceptions you know good for Jake Tapper in that segment from CNN but look at this graphic from CNN just uh, this morning they talk about the footage we played it for you the film the film the guy the IDF they're going through the Gaza hospital and they're showing the MRI machine right next to all the rockets and the machine guns and the weapons and the ammunition. And CNN, look at the Chiron down below. CNN cannot independently confirm Israel's claims about weapons caches found at Gaza's hospital. We cannot, we just can't independently confirm it. We just don't know for sure. If they're, really, if they're really setting up command centers in hospitals, oh, you don't know? You think Hamas is just setting it up at a military base that could be easily bombed, no problem, from the IDF? IDF. They're using human shields. Everybody knows it. But not everybody reports it. This other claim, this is from CNN as well. So Jake Tapper is not going to crack a dent, or he's not going to make much of a dent into these many false narratives with just one good segment from time to time. CNN says here, arrest made, Sam had to go and copy this headline and the graphic uh, pretty quickly before they went and changed it because it's just so ludicrous. Arrest made in death of Jewish protester who fell and hit his head. No, 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 that was a Hamas demonstrator who smashed this Jewish protester's head 
Yeah, he, he killed him. And CNN wants for you to think that he just fell and bonked his head and, well, he died from it. How do you, how do you win a war like this, a war for the truth, when you've got so many people that are so eager to tell you, hey, Xi's a pretty good guy. You know, his country, he's doing pretty good. We really kind of admire the CCP. And Hamas, they're not so bad. I mean, what do you make of the, the TikTok craze where all these young people, they're going back to Osama bin Laden's manifesto and they love it. They think it's great. I mean, we've pointed that before on the Key of David. My father has. Where Osama was talking about all of our sins in the West. And there are a lot of sins. But he certainly had his sins, too. We all do. But how do young people take a guy like him after all that they did? It's just the same spirit like, with you, see, like you see with October 7. Well, hang on a second. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the Hamas terrorists are the good guys. And the Jews, the dirty Jews, maybe they're the bad guys. Tells you something about modern education. It also tells you something about uh, those, those young people's parents. For them to come up and to say some of the things that they say, it's, in, it's just something you can't even believe. Just when you think we've hit rock bottom. Arrest made in death of Jewish protester who fell and hit his head. Uh, presumably, that's someone that, uh, you know, is not just a 19-year-old, but probably someone in middle age, middle ages, middle, uh, the, in her middle age period, writing a headline like that. You see, with each passing day, just how important that documentary is that we produced, Israel's 9-11. I don't think we'll have time to play that uh, trailer again. But if you haven't seen Israel's 9-11, make sure that you go to our Rumble channel. It's offered exclusively there. Uh, just go to rumble.com forward slash trumpet daily. And by this point, since it's about two, three weeks old, you'll probably have to scroll down just a little bit to find it. Um, if you're smarter than me, you can probably figure it out through a search. Uh, I usually use the scroll option. Uh, just to keep it simple, but there's probably search features that can lead you to that, uh, that video as well. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. When we come back, we'll, uh, we'll squeeze in our World Watch segment, a short Bible study segment, and hopefully still have a little bit of time left for a few emails today. We'll be right back. The developed nations have made awesome progress. They have produced a highly mechanized world, providing every luxury, modern convenience, and means of pleasure. Yet they are cursed with crime, violence, injustice, sickness and disease, broken homes and families. At the same time, more than one half the world is living in illiteracy, abject poverty, filth and squalor. Violence and destruction are rapidly multiplying. Many ask, why, if God exists, does he allow so much violence and human suffering? To understand the reason behind this astonishing paradox, request a complimentary copy of Mystery of the Ages. We were born into this 20th century world as it is. We take it for granted. 
but we can't explain it. It's like viewing a movie at a point already near the end. We see what is occurring at that point, but not having seen it from the beginning, and not knowing how events developed to the point of viewing, we simply cannot understand what we are seeing. Mystery of the Ages transports you back to the beginning of the movie, to the foundation of this present evil world. To learn more, please visit thetrumpet.com. Russia and Myanmar held joint naval exercises from November 7th to 9th in the Andaman Sea. This is their first joint naval exercise, laying the groundwork for greater military cooperation in the future. Russia and Myanmar are already close partners. Since Myanmar's military ousted the previous government in February 2021, Russia has supported the new leadership with arms deals and diplomatic backing. This week's three-day exercise further strengthens their blossoming relationship. Western attempts to punish Russia for the war on Ukraine have prompted Russia to look elsewhere for partners. China and North Korea are its main supporters, but Russia knows that the more partners it has, the less leverage the West has over it. Prophecy indicates that Russia will continue dominating Eastern powers as it forms a massive Asian axis. To learn more about this important prophecy, read Why the Trumpet Watches a Russian Strongman Dominating Asia. While the U.S. is rapidly accumulating debt, China is rapidly accumulating gold. Information from industry sources and the calculations of a financial analyst at Gainesville Coins indicate that the People's Bank of China has bought 713 tons of gold so far this year. That is a staggering 80% higher than China's gold purchases during the first three quarters of 2022. China's recent purchases bring the estimate of China's real gold holdings up to 6,280 tons, more than twice its officially disclosed reserves of 2,637 tons. Nations continue to use the dollar as a reserve currency because the world's other currencies are in even worse shape. But if China launched a gold-backed yuan, the dollar's days as the world's dominant reserve currency would be numbered. Only time will tell how the situation will play out, but dozens of Bible prophecies foretell the economic collapse of the U.S. To understand why the trumpet closely watches China's financial machinations, read American Gold? No thanks. As of November 2nd, the German government has approved the export of $323 million worth of defense equipment to Israel, nearly 10 times what it sold to Israel last year. A German government source told the Jerusalem Post that Berlin has been prioritizing arms sales to Israel since Hamas's October 7th massacre. The Israel-Hamas war will likely prompt the Israel Defense Forces to develop a much closer relationship with the German Bundeswehr. German-Israeli military cooperation was shrouded in secrecy for decades because many Israelis mistrusted Germany after World War II. The nations have only been public friends since German-Israeli intergovernmental consultations were established in 2008. Despite the Bundeswehr's enthusiasm for Israeli arms sales, however, the German government continues to back the two-state solution to resolve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Bible prophecy says that in the end time, Germany will double-cross Israel. The book of Hosea prophesies that Judah and Ephraim, the modern nations of Israel and the United Kingdom, will call out to Assyria, modern-day Germany, for help, 
but they will be conquered by the very people they view as peacemakers. To learn more about this important prophecy and what is prophesied to happen after the double cross, read Should Israel Trust Germany from the November-December 2023 Trumpet Magazine. To learn more about current world news and how it relates to Bible prophecy, please visit thetrumpet.com. There's your latest uh, World Watch segment, uh, very informative in those few minutes that we have to give you a summary of some of the other events, world events that, uh, that happen over the course of uh, these busy weeks. There's only so much that we can squeeze into this particular program. Make sure, though, to add to this show, make sure that you visit our website frequently. That's thetrumpet.com. And, of course, if you aren't a subscriber to the print edition of The Trumpet, uh, call our operators today and request a one-year uh, subscription, a free one-year subscription, 1-866-930-3024. The other day we talked about the cause, the root cause of all the problems that we see in the world today. That would be human nature. Jeremiah 17 says to not put your faith or your trust in man, but to look to God, to look to God for guidance, for protection, for intervention, for miracles. He's a miracle-making being, and he performs miracles where necessary, when needed. He'll perform them in your life, but of course he expects for you to turn to him in faith and obedience, to turn to him in repentance. Jeremiah 17, 9, I'll just read it again. It says here that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We ended with that the other day. It's desperately wicked. My father writes in the Jeremiah booklet that that means dangerously sick. It's an incurable sickness that can only be healed by God himself. God has to intervene. God has to perform a miracle. But just stepping away from this for you personally for a moment, if you look at the educational system of today, and we talk, talked about it some in the first segment, how that they could just come to believe something that's so obviously untrue, even just a few days or weeks removed from the actual event where there's evidence all over the place. A lot of it has to do with this basic fundamental flaw in modern education, which teaches that human nature is basically good. That everyone's pretty much good. I mean, even Joe Scarborough said that. In commenting on uh, Mike Johnson and the fact that Johnson said, look, we're, we're basically, uh, our sin, our, we're just saturated with sins. Look at what's happening in our nation. And uh, Scarborough said, well, you know, I see it differently. I mean, look at, uh, there's not as many teen pregnancies like there used to be. So everything's on the up and up. Everything's going great. It's just so easy to be deceived by words. And, and when you look at the human heart, even the people that probably look the best, I mean, they, they've got this same carnal heart as well. As I said about the October 7 atrocities, I mean, the revealing thing after the fact has been it's exposed how many people have really celebrated those sorts of crimes. 
Matthew chapter 9, this is a section where Jesus talked about the need for a physician. And, and I will just say, with respect to this college, Armstrong College, I mean, that's right at the foundational basis of what we're trying to get across to our young people, that the human heart is sick and it needs healing. It needs healing. Jesus said this in Matthew 9, verse 10, And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eat your master with publicans and sinners? The Pharisees, I mean, they saw themselves as righteous. They saw themselves as pretty much sinless. And they couldn't believe that Jesus would sit down with publicans and sinners. How can he do this? How can your master do something so, you know, dirty? You got to stay away from those people. It says, but when Jesus heard that, he said to them, they that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. It says, but go you and learn what that means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Sinners to repentance, he said. He didn't come with the message saying that, hey, go ahead and just believe on me, but go ahead and continue living in sin. Look at what he said to the woman in John 4. Go and sin no more. She was caught in adultery. And, and he said, go and sin no more. Before that, of course, she said, I perceive you're a prophet. Christ took some time to teach her a valuable lesson about repentance. Here he says, bringing sinners to repentance. My father writes in the Jeremiah booklet. If you don't have that booklet, by the way, that's offered free. It's offered without cost or obligation. The Jeremiah booklet, you can get to it at the trumpet.com or go back to the 800 number and call our operators. But it says here in the Jeremiah booklet, understanding this profound verse is more important than any education in the world. He's talking about Jeremiah 17.9, and it would be good to read through the, the entire chapter. Maybe we should have read a few more verses just to give it the context. But he says, Understanding this profound verse, Jeremiah 17, 9, is more important than any education in the world. When we understand it, radical action is necessary. The greatest need is to understand God, to let Him reveal our own sickness and heal it. Until we learn this lesson, we are living under a curse. And you can read that too in Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Until we learn this lesson, we're living under a curse. Notice Ephesians 2 and verse 2. We talked uh, in class this week, Freshman Bible, we talked about the, the false doctrine, the belief that, you know, with the original sin in the Garden of Eden, it just passes from one person to the next. It's uh, hereditary. I mean, it's the original stain. And you get it from one generation to the next automatically. And, of course, what your Bible teaches is that what God created was good. When he created the, the man and the woman, he said, this is very good. I'm very happy with this. Now, it was incomplete. They needed the Spirit of God. They needed to take from the tree of life. And they ended up rejecting that. Satan deceived them. 
and they took from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and, uh, and then God cut off human civilization from that additional spiritual component that they needed to complete their spiritual creation. But the way that God has gotten to every human being since is described here in Ephesians 2 too. Satan is the prince of the power of the air, and he just surcharges the air with his attitudes and impulses. And even little infants pick up on that. I mean, education and environment, all of that has a lot to do with it too. But they're all Satan systems. The whole world is deceived. And look at what I covered this week, little children. They're going into, into uh, southern Israel with dad to watch him hack up the place and cheer him on. That's some kind of sickness. Ephesians 2 and verse 2 says, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, the spirit, the invisible spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Mr. Armstrong wrote in Mystery of the Ages, he said about this verse, I could not have understood this until, one, I had understood how radio and television sounds and pictures are transmitted through the air. And two, I had learned the truth about the human spirit in the human brain. It says, if your radio is set on the proper radio wavelength or television set is tuned to the proper channel, the broadcaster's message comes through clearly. Satan, it says, as prince of the power of the air, broadcasts, not in words, sounds, or pictures, but in attitudes, moods, impulses. He says Satan moves on the human spirit within people to move them in attitudes of envy, jealousy, resentment, impatience, anger, bitterness, and strife. He says people have no realization of the tremendous power of Satan. I mean, we're seeing Satan's influence and handiwork on everything that we discuss, it seems, in the first segment of this show. People have no realization of the tremendous power of the devil. The human spirit within each human is automatically tuned to Satan's wavelength. So when that new human being comes along, even in the earliest stages, even after a couple of months, I mean, Satan's broadcasting. And you begin to see that selfishness. You begin to see the vanity. You begin to see the, the, the temper tantrums, the anger. We're seeing all of that and more in fully grown adults today. And it's because of this. He says, It seems as if Satan has surcharged the air over the entire earth with this attitude, his attitude of self-centeredness and vanity. That's the attitude of the devil. Self-centeredness self and vanity. Verse 3, this is Ephesians 2. In the Moffat it says, Among whom all of us lived... We, as well as you, when we obeyed the passions of our flesh, carrying out the dictates of the flesh and its impulses, when we were objects of God's anger by nature like the rest of men. You see, we lived according to that way before coming into God's church and converting to the truth. And as I said at the start, that process, it involves miraculous change. We need the invisible spirit of God 
to combine together, to join together with our human spirit, as it says in Romans 8, to become a child of God. I said I hoped to get through an email. We don't have a whole lot of time, but we have enough time to get through a couple. It says here, I read this uh, trumpet brief. This is regarding uh, the brief that went out, I believe, Wednesday, maybe uh, before that. Uh, It says, uh, I read this earlier in the Trumpet magazine, but nice to read it again. Yes, I believe Jesus will come again and thank God for that hope and promise in my prayers. Hopefully he will return soon to stop Satan and the evils of this world. Thank you for the truth that's delivered on the Trumpet Daily and for your father's show, The Key of David, and all the other programs during the week. And there are lots of them. Just check out our website, thetrumpet.com. There's also kpcg.fm, which uh, is the radio station website. But uh, if you uh, have a look through our websites, you can find uh, even more shows that we offer, uh, not just this one. Another one here says, I just watched Israel's 9-11, and it was completely consuming amid all the horrors it presented. Throughout the entire film, I could feel the cold and dark evil presence of Satan and the amount of hate and brutality shown in so many of those clips. It nearly turned my stomach. It says here, as horrifying as all those scenes were to watch, I know that there are even worse images that were unable to be included in this production. This film, as disturbing as it is, helps to open one's eyes as to what truly happened and what is about to happen. Well, that's really, in essence, that's what my father gets into in uh, this latest issue of the Trumpet Magazine. A voice was heard from Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. That's a reference to Jeremiah 31 and verse 15. And the title of his personal in this uh, Trumpet issue, A Sign of Worse to Come. I mean, we've got to be, <laughs> we've got to be honest with you. Uh, Joe Scarborough says he believes the New Testament. Well, he ought to look at Luke 21 and he ought to look at Matthew 24. He believes the Gospels. Jesus, set, Jesus spelled it out for us. What was to happen immediately prior to his spectacular return to this earth? Become a Trumpet subscriber today. And I've mentioned quite a few other things. That quote I just gave to you was from Mystery of the Ages, the 800 number. It's one 930 3024 If you're at Rumble right now, I am. If you're at Rumble, give us a thumbs up. Leave us a nice comment. And uh, we certainly appreciate you joining us on today's show. We appreciate you faithful viewers that watch every day of the week. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll see you next time.